Amen. It's likely that when some of you saw the table, you felt the drama was continuing. Well, the drama continues, actually. (laughs) The Lord is here. And that's our joy. God is wonderful. He's glorious. There is none like him. None can be compared to him. It's the beginning and the ending. The first and the last. The Alpha and the Omega. The one who inhabits the praise of his people. And also inhabits eternity. The everlasting Father. He's the one who is mighty in battle. Jehovah, the man of war. The one who is glorious in holiness and fearful in praise. The wonder-walking God, the God of miracles. Come and do your miracles, O God. Come and touch every one of us. Let your name be glorified. And let our joy be full. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. You may be seated and permit me to also sit. can see that um, our title is um, Imagine into His Fullness. And we have been talking about divine presence since um, Thursday. And the title that came to my heart about 4 a.m. this morning is um, Seven Measures of a Man. And since I have conducted very many weddings in my life, many of the young people, I was um, a minister to youths for 10 years. So many of the youths I ministered to wanted me to preach at their weddings. So I did a lot of joining. So I will also join these topics together. And we will see what they will <laughs> what they will finally result into. But the main thing I want to do is to pray with us and pray for us. As I prepared the message, it affected me a lot. And I thank God that these days the messages I prepare affect me more than they used to affect me in those days. Thank God. That means I'm not expiring. Because when someone begins to expire spiritually, 
the messages no longer affect the vessel. It just delivers it to people. We're looking at the same passage that we had looked at before. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Let's turn together to Acts 10, 38. Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. May the Lord God Almighty help us to measure up to the standard of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because that's our real standard. And I want to just look at seven areas and pray with us so that God will help us. Number one, the first measure. What is the measure that we can use to evaluate somebody and we say, okay, this person is emerging into the fullness. The fullness of God, the fullness of uh, the stature of Christ, like the Bible will put it. The first is the driving force. The driving force. The driving force in the life of that man. And we had mentioned this in the course of um, the seminar or workshop we have had. That the, the life of a man is not measured by what he possesses that it is measured by what possesses him. In fact, if you really want to evaluate a man, if you strip him of all the physical things that he possesses, then what remains may be a good, <laughs> a good measure of what that man is all about. In this text, we find out that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. God anointed him. So the driving force in his life was an anointing, a legal approval given by the almighty God, the maker of heaven and earth. The greatest force that could ever drive a man is the force of the one who made heaven and earth, his approval. When God says, I'm sending you on an assignment, and so I empower you to do it, and the person runs with that vision, and runs in that power. And according to what the Bible says, if anyone follows after God and his righteousness, other things will be added to him. In some people, what do we say is the driving force? Some are driven by sin. Sometimes when you watch some of these... um, series on the worst serial killers. You just wonder whether those people were human beings. Somebody will kill and kill and kill and kill 71 people. Just, are those people human beings? Something is driving them. Something very terrible. Sometimes it's Satan. I remember 
um, a family invited me to come and help them cast out the devil that was disturbing their son. So we were upstairs. And I said, get out in the name of Jesus Christ. And the boy just got up, removed his shirt, removed his trousers, removed everything, and said, I am Satan. And turned around and jumped from upstairs and landed downstairs and just got up as if he was not the one. You would know that it wasn't merely physical, that there was something spiritual about it. Some people are driven by Satan. I had a cousin that at the time couldn't recognize anybody again. And she would say, oh, they have slapped me. You won't see anyone. But she will have a cut on her lip. As if somebody gave her a very dirty slap. Like we call it in my country. Then she would say, oh, they are flogging me. You won't see anybody flogging her. But you see stripes. We had to cast out the devil also. Some are driven by secularism. Amass wealth, wealth, wealth. I don't know if you can imagine it. You have a country that is fighting against insurgents, people who are killing others. And then they bring out two point something billion dollars. And four people just, just share the thing and walk away. It sounds like, um, like a movie. <laughs> as if it's not real and these people sharing these things are normal human beings people driven some are driven by secularism that's why the life of a man does not consist in what he possesses but in what possesses him so that the first prayer we are going to pray is that God will help us to review our possessor what is it that is ruling my life I had to recheck it again. Are there several things ruling my life at different measures? Or is there a main force that is ruling my life? And every other thing is subject to it. Some are ruled by what we call self. When I was very young, when they said somebody was selfish... I thought the person was selling fish. But some are ruled by self. So I am my God. You know, like the musician will say, I, myself, and is it me, myself, and I, or something? You know, some are ruled by that. But if we are thinking about the measure that brings us to the actual standard then we need to review our possessor. Who is the person in charge of your life? Is God totally in charge of your life? I had to come to a point when I was a student to to tell people I did not want God to be first in my life anymore. So I don't want him to be first. Because at that time, I was pursuing a degree, so academics was there. I was a leader of the Christian Union group. So my religious activities were there. 
I was playing for Nigeria. My sports life was there. And then God. So during exams, my academics will become first. God will become second. And I, I was wondering, why all this struggle? When we had very tough matches, the sports will become first. God will become second. I would like, want to use God to play well. So I came to a point. I said, no more. I don't want God to be first. I want God to be all. Everything. If the sports cannot fit into God, <laughs> too bad. I drop it. If the academics cannot fit into God, I drop it. In fact, I nearly left the university. I had decided one night that I was going to leave the university. If not, that God spoke to me. The Lord spoke to me. So that was why I stayed back. So we need to review our possessor. What is the force that is driving your life? I don't know. I don't know. You know, you know, people differ. I have had a number of stories and I have met one or two people who, who got deranged mentally because a man disappointed them. But I've also seen one man who got deranged because a girl refused to marry him. I thought that was not possible. I didn't know that a man could so chase a girl that he has not yet married to the point that when the girl refused, they had to take him to a psychiatric hospital. So it made me feel that there's actually no major difference between us. (laughs) The differences are minor issues. Who is your possessor? We'll review that. And God will help us to come to a point where he alone, God alone, will be our possessor in the name of Jesus Christ. The second one is what I call your territorial view. Jesus of Nazareth. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Your territorial view shows the value, the measure of whom you are. We mentioned it during um, the workshop that we had. That some of us are very tribalistic. Some of us are racist. Some of us think because we are champions where we are, we are champions of the whole world. Even though they called him Jesus of Nazareth, Sometimes they called him the man of Calvary. They called him Jesus of Nazareth just because he lived there. He was actually maybe Jesus of Bethlehem, (laughs) where he was born. And we saw that even when he talked to the Syrophoenician woman, he still worked the miracle for her. And when he came, he told his disciples... To go into all the world. Go ye into all the world. The entire globe. The man who feels he's a champion, he's a real champion because he's a local champion, is short-sighted. It's myopic. So we need to review also 
our global desire, our global drive. Do you have a vision for the world? As small as I am, I have a vision for the whole world. As small as you see me. Maybe because I'm 1,000 times bigger inside than I look outside. (laughs) Just like Wigglesworth will say. My parish is the whole globe. Like John Wesley will say. When I meet a Christian who is tribalistic, who is racist, I know that um, if he's really a Christian, well, that God is doing a lot of work in him. That God still has a lot of work to do in him. A whole lot of work. I told, I told us a story yesterday. The person I handed over to as general overseer of our ministry an Igbo man came to me and said, I heard that you handed over your ministry to a Yoruba man. And I thought for a while. And sincerely, sincerely, I told him, I said, I never realized he was Yoruba. I said, oh, oh, it's true, he's Yoruba. Ah, he's Yoruba? <laughs> Someone I had stayed with for 15 years. <laughs> I mean, what matters is that somebody is a child of God. It's not a person's tribe. If a man wants to say he's a real man, a measure of it is how global your view is. If you're myopic and you feel your local championship is all that you need, well, um, I've watched a number of American wrestling Um, bouts and then because the person is champion in America they will call him world wrestling champion (laughs) and I'll say this man has not come to Nigeria to wrestle with anybody (laughs) and they are calling him world (laughs) the whole world world championship how broad is your view the Lord Jesus Christ came looking at the whole world. And if we want to grow into his fullness, we have to have his own kind of view. I met a man from Romania. He, he drove the taxi that took me from Liverpool to London, where I went to preach. And as I was with him, I remember the dream that I had. It was a very nice Nice man, very nice man. And in the dream, God sent me to a place called Balkans or something like that. And, and they had revivals. And they were, I don't know whether in that dream, whether there were 14 countries or so. So I wasn't sure. I woke up from the dream. I said, what is Balkans? Balkans. In fact, so when I was talking to the man, I said, I just had a dream recently. And God sent me to the Vulcans. He said, Vulcans? He said, do you mean Balkans? I said, yes. Yes, that was the right word. Balkans. He said, it includes my country. Romania, Bulgaria, Ukraine, and so on. So I told him I'm coming. By next year, by God's grace, I will hit the Vulcans. By God's grace. Because I've seen it in a dream. 
And the man was so nice. In fact, I told him I want him to come to Nigeria. And I wasn't joking. I want him to come. Let him come and visit us. God wants us to have a global view. See beyond where you are. I'm sure that we remember the song we often sing. He's got the whole world in his hand. He's got the whole world. It's the whole world. The whole world belongs to God. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And everyone who wants to grow to the measure of Christ has to see the world, the whole world, so that whatever we are doing in fountain of love, we are thinking of the whole world. We just don't limit our view to this place. When you are raising your children, raise them to affect the whole globe. Number three, the Holy Spirit. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. The spiritual transcends the physical because it's the spiritual that controls the physical. When things happen in the spirit realm, then they may happen in the spirit in the physical. If a particular price is not paid, a story is coming to my mind. When I was a traveling secretary, I covered um, between five and seven thousand kilometers every month, visiting schools and preaching to young people. Young people are still my favorite audience. If I was with them, this is not how I will approach this sermon. I will come from another angle. <laughs> But if I come from that angle, some of you will put a question mark on my person. Say, so where is that one from? <laughs> so someone, I was to travel with the wife of one of our staff. I told her there would be an accident on the way. I said, but uh, don't worry, it won't be anything major. I said, it would have been major, but I have prayed and God has helped us. I said, I saw two of us in a pool of blood. So as I kept praying, God removed the blood. But God told me that the accident will still happen, but we won't be hurt. She said, let's cancel it. I said, there's no need. It's not a major thing anymore. And she was looking at me and wondering. I said, okay, if you say we should go, we'll go. So we're driving. It was, it was a new road between Kaba and Lokoja in Nigeria. They just made the road newly. So, and I used to love to test my speedometer. Such roads. I don't do such things again. I mean, (laughs) one is a bit more mature now. So, sometimes I would drive, see if I could hit 160, maybe slow down to 120 at some bends. and, And then I told her, I said, ah, the accident is about to happen. So I slowed down. I removed my leg from the throttle and tried to brake. The next thing, one of the front tires burst. So I removed my leg from the brake and struggled with the car and packed it. So when we came out, she now started shaking and started crying. I said, you didn't cry before. <laughs> You're crying after the whole thing is over. 
I said, in the spirit realm, the whole thing had been settled. But some of us don't understand that. That's why God gave us the Holy Spirit. When you interact closely with the Holy Spirit, he talks to you. And he helps you. He's our comforter. He's our helper. So today, God will help us to relate better with the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. And when you relate more closely with him, the fruit of the Spirit will be made manifest in your life. So you imagine a father who has love, joy, peace, patient. He's a patient father. He's a kind father. He's a gentle father. He's a meek father. He's self-controlled. All the fruit of the Spirit will be made manifest in that life. And then imagine the gifts of the Spirit also. Because if you are anointed with the Holy Ghost, the fruit of the Spirit will be made manifest and the gifts of the Spirit will be made manifest. The revelational gifts, the word of wisdom, you'll be able to know the future. The word of knowledge, you'll know the present. The discerning of spirits, you'll be able to see into the spirit realm. You'll be able to see, locate, and decipher the activities of demons and also the activities of angels. And then the power gifts. The person has the gifts of healing. He has the working of miracles and the gift of faith. Then the inspirational gifts. He has prophecy. He has tongues and interpretation of tongues. And all these things can work in one man, bringing him to the measure of the fullness of the stature of Christ. And that's what we need to review. How close are you to the Holy Spirit? How close are you to the Holy Spirit? So we're also going to pray about that today. That God will help us and draw us closer to the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. And number four, we talk about power. He anointed Jesus of Nazareth. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Can you influence things that are beyond you? That is what the question of power is all about. An ability to influence something that is greater than you are. The way Kenneth Hagin put it, um, let, me, let me call it authority. He says, a woman cannot stand in front of a trailer and stop it by force. That she doesn't have that kind of strength. But that if that woman is putting on the police uniform, the woman has the authority to just raise her hand. And no matter how much the trailer is speeding, he just sees that hand and he stops. Because that hand that is raised is the hand of the government. Her influence is beyond herself. And that is power. Power. Influence that is beyond you. The Lord Jesus Christ, one of the stories about when they came to capture him, he said, who are you looking for? They said, I'm looking for Jesus of Nazareth. He said, I am he. And they all fell backwards. If he wanted to avoid his death, he would have avoided it very easily. But he had to submit to God, the almighty God. What one of the things that God wants to do today is to bring us higher in the level of power. And 
Imagine it this way, that you, you are now able to influence things that are beyond you. You are authorized to influence things that are beyond you. Things that you cannot accomplish just by your own strength. You find yourself accomplishing them just by your spoken word. God is God. God is real. And today I know that he will visit somebody. He will touch somebody very specially in the name of Jesus Christ. What is imagined is not just a group. It's individuals. Since I came, I've been praying about it. I have been longing for the emergence of a group. But it's like God is hitting individuals and those individuals can come together and now form a mighty group. So God is seeking for you as a person so that you can emerge. But these things we are talking about are important. They are supposed to touch your heart and make you willing to submit to God and to follow him completely. God wants you to be in real control. To be in real control. To influence the things that are beyond you. May the Lord help us in the name of Jesus Christ. Number five. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good. Doing good. Making people's lives better. Comprehensively. Not just financially only. To me, empowering people is not just teaching them how to make money. It's a comprehensive way of affecting their lives. The Lord Jesus went about doing good. He fed the poor. I remember the widow of Nain. In fact, that one touched my heart when I was listening to it of recent in my audio Bible. The woman was a widow, and now she lost her only son, and they were getting out of the gates to go to the cemetery to bury the man. And Jesus came along, and the whole town was filled with sorrow. Of course, people had to be sorrowful. The people appeared not only to have sympathized with her, they appeared to have empathized with her. And the Lord Jesus Christ was touched. So he went there, touched the coffin, and called the young man to wake up. And the young man woke up. He handed him over to the mother. Of course, the joy of the mother was restored. And there was so much joy in that town. The Lord Jesus Christ went about doing good. He went about making people happy. He went about restoring joy where it was lost. We have a lot of social responsibilities, a lot of things that God wants us to contribute to the society. And God wants us to do our best so that when we appear before him, we can say, Lord, I did all that you sent me to do. I wrote one song. I came to the UK, and as we were going back, I wrote only one song in the plane. Sometimes I'll write up to 14 songs. If I don't sleep, sometimes I write more than 20 songs. But that day I wrote only one song because it appeared to me as if God was asking me a question. He said, why did you not do 
all that I sent you to do. He didn't say, why did you not do what I sent you to do? He said, why did you not do all that I sent you to do? And I was very scared. I had to pray. Say, Father, please don't let this plane crash. Please let us land safely. I will review everything. And I'll try to make sure that I follow exactly what you have sent me to do. And to make sure that I will do all. That was one of the things that motivated me to hand over the ministry to another person. So that I can face what God created me for. Because I don't think I was created to be general overseer, looking at after this church, the other church, uh, have salaries been paid. Uh, this one quarrels with the husband, they call me. This other one quarrels with the wife, they call me. Uh, my children, this and so on. My in-laws. I don't think that's what God sent me to do. I think God sent me to help people to serve him. And to serve him effectively. And being a general overseer was obstructing my destiny. So I had to come out of it. And that song was part of what contributed to it. Why did you not do all that I sent you to do? In fact, the first time I played it in the presence of Daddy Adeboe, when I finished, he told everybody to keep quiet for about five minutes. He told them to keep quiet. He said, do you people know that Joshua was a kind of failure? That Joshua did not finish what God sent him to do. So the thing rubbed in the message into my heart. Jesus went about doing good. And somehow, something in my heart is, is making me feel like challenging us. How much good have you done? How much have you helped the poor? How much have you helped those in distress? Abraham was blessed so that he could become a blessing. So we are going to pray also that God will help us so that with every blessing that God has given to us, we too will become a blessing. In the name of Jesus Christ. Number six. Healing the oppressed. Healing the oppressed. If you claim that you are a real born again Christian. One of the first signs that should follow you is that you should cast out devils. I have told you people the story. Of the richest woman in our church when we started church work. When I told them everybody must cast out devils, she said that this thing has division of labor. That her role was to bring money, and pastor's role was to cast out devils. That if she's now bringing the money and she's also casting out devils, what will pastor be doing? Very outspoken woman, even up till now. She's very outspoken. So I, I, I didn't hear it, but she was saying it. Of course, she could face me and say it. Very outspoken, very bold woman. And uh, what I learned as a pastor is, if I'm doing what I think God wants me to do, I don't fight anybody on any issue. 
I leave God to vindicate me. So God helps me and handle the case. <laughs> One night, her daughter just woke up and started walking while she was still sleeping. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. And she tried to wake the girl up. The girl was unconscious of the environment and was still saying, I'm coming. I'm coming. Thank God that time we didn't have cell phones. Because she would just have dared me. Pastor, there's a job for you here. There's a job for you here. Division of labor. But there was no way to communicate with me. And it was already 1 a.m. So she gave the testimony herself. She now stood in front of the daughter and said, eh, what was the first thing they say we should do? said, in the name of Jesus, Satan, get out. Get out. Out. The daughter just fell slowly backwards and fell to the ground. She said, hey, what is number two? Step two. Blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus. As she was saying, blood of Jesus, the daughter opened her eyes. Mom, mom, what is it? it was, said, Nothing, my daughter. Blood. Blood of Jesus. Just the blood. She now came back to church and gave it as a testimony. And said, please, brethren, let's cast out devils. Let's cast out devils. When pastor was saying it here, I was resisting him. Let's cast out devils. And I want to present the thing to you. You see, a number of times when disagreement starts arising between you and your wife. Try this. Because I've done it several times. I will go somewhere and I will pray. And the prayer that I normally pray is to cast out the evil spirit that is trying to come between my wife and myself. And sincerely, all the times I remembered to do it, it had worked. Of course, I won't go there and start casting out the devil in my wife. (laughs) So you evil spirit disturbing my wife. I command you. Today is your last day. You know. (laughs) I will just pray. Because Shechem. And. um, The young man that. Who was from their place. God sent an evil spirit between them. And they started destroying one another. Wherever you see any very strong disagreement. Check it. There's an evil spirit in between those people. Even if there is no evil spirit, there is. Whether Satan is the one or not, he's the one. He's the one. He has caused enough havoc. Try it. You just find out that when you cast out that evil spirit, somehow, circumstances will begin to arrange themselves, rearrange and you uh, people will start coming close again. You will even probably not remember what caused the quarrel. Because the quarrel was carried by an evil spirit. Let's cast out devils. There's no room for Satan in our lives. There's no room for him. Let's not give him any room whatsoever. In our marriages, in our finances, one young man came to me and said he went to his village to help the old people, all those who were above 70. He had five cars. He had a thriving um, 
real estate company. He came back and in six weeks, he lost all his cars. Either by accident or robbers stole it or something. And he came, he came to me after two years. Because they explained the thing away. Ah, ah how did it happen? It all happened. They, they just explained everything away. Many times when the devil is working against us, we try to explain things away. Today we have to take our stand. Because though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk after the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. He came to me two years after when he couldn't pay for his rent anymore. So as I was praying with him, God gave me a vision. I'm not a vision contractor. I don't see vision for people. Many times God shows me things when a problem has to be solved. But if you come to me to see vision for you, I will teach you how you can see vision for yourself. That's actually my role, to teach you how you can see vision for yourself. So, as we were talking, I said, what? I said, I can see a cage. Cage made with very soft wood. A child could even tear the cage apart. And I see a lot of bundle of money inside it. I can see pounds. I can see dollars. I can see euro. I can see naira. But they are caged. And you are trying to access them. You can't access them. He said, eh? Is that what you're seeing, sir? I said, yes. He said, ah. He said he just came back from his village. That was when he told, now told me the story. That one of the elders who was above 70, one of those he helped, told him, my son, they have caged your wealth. They have caged your wealth. If you can find somebody who can open the cage, your money will return to you. And since God showed it to me, it meant that God was authorizing me to handle the issue. So he told me that that was what they told him that weekend before he came to my office on Tuesday. So I said, okay, let's pray. So as we started praying, I said, let's pray in tongues. Praying in tongues is very important. Very wonderful. We started praying in tongues. Suddenly, I saw a hand with a sword. The sword looked like um, a fluorescent tube. And it went through the cage. And I shouted, the cage is broken. Your money is in the air. Take it. If not, I'll take it from you. <laughs> because I saw the money. The money just came into the air. I said, take it. If not, I'll take it. Because if he didn't take it, I'll just do like this. And the money will follow me. So he started doing like this. You know, and grabbed his money. And in less than three weeks after that prayer, he helped to sell one building in an area we call Victoria Island in Lagos. And that just restored him so suddenly. Many times, many of us don't know that there are evil spirits in charge of the problems that we are facing. Let's take time to handle them, to cast them out. The Lord Jesus Christ went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. The devil's rule is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. To oppress, to oppress, to oppress. The Lord will help us. 
And everyone that is under any kind of oppression is set free today in the name of Jesus Christ. And not only that, God will empower you today. Don't say it's division of labor. That is pastor that is to cast out devils. The Lord Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they will cast out devils. You will cast out devils in the name of Jesus. Amen. The last one. Divine presence. Divine presence. The level of what we call the Shekinah glory. Yesterday we gave ourselves assignments on what we call the Shekinah hour. Taking 15 minutes in a day to pray over Acts chapter 10 verse 38. I started my own this morning at quarter to four. Because that's when I usually wake up. So I decided that every quarter to four of every day, I will observe my own Shekinah hour. It's just that today's own was longer than 15 minutes. Well, maybe because of the little experience I've gathered before. But let me just give you some examples of the manifestation of the Shekinah glory and the Shekinah power. Peter will be walking along the streets and they will lay people along the streets so that his shadow will go over them. If it was not effective, the people wouldn't have been doing it. But it was effective. That was why they did it. They laid the sick on the streets. The handkerchief from Paul's body was sent out and Devils left people. Demons left people when they were touched by those handkerchiefs. The Lord Jesus Christ, the woman with the issue of blood, touched him. And she was healed. And a number of times he would just tell someone, go, your servant is healed. And that one will be healed. In fact, an exciting experience that I got one day was when somebody touched my dress, but that one I didn't know. And went home and two of her sons were healed. Then they brought the two children for me to pray for. After the children were healed. And I had a friend while we were still in secondary school. While we were still in secondary school. At least on two occasions. When we passed beside mad people. The mad people recognized the young man. They would suddenly start reacting towards him. You think we don't know you? We know you. We know you. We know you. Why are you passing here? You want to come and fight me? You want to come and fight at least on two occasions. After a time, I said it might be safer not to be going with him. I've had that experience only once. Where I went, I used to go to play the guitar for old people. You know, to make them happy and then to witness to them. So one of the days I was there and a mad person just came and started walking about, you know, and looked at me and said, you, you, were you there when God, when God created, he spoke the word and the earth came to be? Were you there? Were you? You. Then she would dance, dance, dance and come back to me. Were you there? <laughs> so I now said, in Jesus' name, get out. Said, eh, get out. Hmm. Get out. 
You are not answering my question. You are saying, get out. Were you there? So after a time, I escaped. Because <laughs> it's not every time that I have been so successful. But God has helped me many times. We need the attitude to know that the almighty God who made heaven and earth, once, if we are carrying God, so to say, the Bible says the one who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, that he is the one shining in us. And that we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the excellency of the power will be of God and not of us. So God is in us. It should be made manifest. My grandfather, they told me that my grandfather used to kill people with his shadow. If my grandfather killed people with his shadow, why shouldn't I heal people with my shadow? After all, he said it with his own mouth that those gods he was serving, that where their power terminated was where the power of Jesus began. He served a lot of gods but he called all his children Christian names and encouraged them to go and serve Jesus. He told them, Jesus is more powerful than all these things. And they said people feared his shadow. I want people to love my shadow. For it to be like that of Peter. What about you? What about you? I didn't hear those at the back. <laughs> I want us to pray now. And the prayer we pray depends, what you receive depends on what you desire. And I'm sure that all our mothers know that what we have said about the men is the same thing we are saying about the, the women. Is it true or false? Uh, the mothers are not around. Are you on break? I thought you are the ones looking after us. <laughs> so I would like us to pray. I would like us to rise and pray. Choir, please sing us that song again. Come and do your miracles, your miracle today. This simple prayer can change your life. It can change everything about you. It may sound ordinary, but it's not ordinary. God is here. God is here to intervene for you. In fact, it's like the Lord is starting from healing. From healing. Lord, we receive healing. We receive healing. Not just healing into our lives, but the healing power. Please talk to God. Receive the healing power from God. Jesus went about healing all those who were oppressed by the devil. Receive his healing power. Receive his healing power. You are the powerful healer. 
receive brethren the lord is showing me somebody's left ear the left ear that has been blocked that is open now in the name of jesus christ let's receive healing receive healing from god yes lord almighty we receive healing spirits soul bodies we want to be like jesus healthy like jesus strong like jesus serving you like jesus help us lord help us lord help us mighty god let's receive the presence of god in our lives so father i receive your presence i receive your presence in my life i receive your presence your presence lord i receive your presence Please talk to God. Let's sing it two more times with all our hearts. say father use my life father use my life in this generation use my life beyond this generation use my life father use my life in the name of Jesus please go ahead and pray Use my life, Lord. Use my life. Use my life at a supernatural level. Use my life. Let your anointing drive my life. Let your spirit drive my life. Let your power confirm my life. I want to go about doing good. I want to heal all that are oppressed by the devil. Oh, Father, use my life. Use my life. Use my life, oh God. Use my life. Use my life, Lord. Use your people. Everyone here. Everyone. 
how you anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. Even so, Lord, anoint every one of us with the Holy Ghost and power. That we will go about doing good and healing all that are oppressed of the devil because you are with us. Lord, use everyone here. Use everyone here, O maker of heaven and earth. Use every one of us. Use every one of us, O God. Use every one of us, O Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. So just lay that hand on your head. And say, I receive open doors. Because that was what I just saw now. I receive open doors. In the name of Jesus Christ. Just pray that prayer. Can be open doors of advancement. Open doors of ministry. Open doors in marriage. Open doors in fruitfulness. I receive open doors. 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 Yes, Lord Almighty. Yes, Lord. And the gates shall not be shut. We receive open doors and the gates shall not be shut. We receive open doors and the gates shall not be shut. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I take authority against every demonic oppression. Whether in the family, in the business, in the finances, in the health, in relationships. Wherever the enemy is operating in any life here. I take authority at this moment. And I say, Satan, seize your operations in the name of Jesus. And every oppression that is linked to a stronghold, I command that you fall. I pull you down in the name of Jesus. I pull you down in the name of Jesus. I pull you down in the name of Jesus. Maker of heaven and earth. There is nothing that is difficult for you. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Nothing at all is difficult for you. Father, every miracle that is required in every life here, we receive in the name of Jesus. Lord, we receive in the name of Jesus. The miracles in our children, miracles in our wives, miracles in our husbands, miracles in our families amongst our in-laws everywhere lord we receive your miracles lord we receive your miracles oh god we receive your miracles jehovah we receive your miracles in the name of jesus hallelujah come and put your hands together for the lord hallelujah thank you jesus